the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Byron York joins me most weeks. You see Byron on Fox. He writes for the D.C. Examiner at D.C. Examiner. His Twitter handle is at Byron York. Good morning, Byron. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, Great. Would you tell our new listeners? We added five stations last week. Where do they get your newsletter? Byron York's uh, daily memo, go to WashingtonExaminer.com and uh, sign up for it. Very easy to do. And, uh, you know, those newsletters that tell you, like, a little bit of everything that's happening today, this is not that. This is, this is something, it's a story, whatever story of the day, I think, is the most interesting. I write a bit about it. I read it every day. Everyone should as well. Now, Byron, my first question, will Kevin McCarthy throw Green out of the caucus? I think it's entirely possible they could uh, strip her of uh, committees on the Steve King model. But I have to tell you, there's also this feeling that just because the world is, just because the media is excited about it, just because Democrats are excited about it, doesn't mean it has to be the most important thing on the Republican agenda. I mean, the, the, she's, she's a kook. There's no doubt about that. Um, but there have been other kooks in Congress. There have been embarrassing kooks in Congress. Um, and there's a, so much to do right now that uh, I think he will take care of it, but I think Republicans also do not want to make this like the biggest issue in Congress at this moment and get all just agitated about it. Let, let me play for you uh, what came to my attention yesterday. Byron, cut number eight, uh, Congresswoman Green in 2018. But we had witnessed 9-11, right? We had witnessed 9-11, uh, the terrorist attack um, in New York and the plane that Uh, crashed in Pennsylvania, and the so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. It's odd. There's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. But anyways, I won't, I'm not going to dive into the 9-11 conspiracy. Stop, stop, stop. Game, set, match. Over. Uh, I think that, I don't think there has to be a lot of drama about it. I just think you hold a vote. You do the Steve King option. Because, and this is my second question, I don't think, no matter what we do, I think Democrats are going to try and use her in the special elections for the House vacancies in the California recall and in the New Jersey and Virginia governor's races. Do you think they'll try and do that? Of course they do. I mean, what you do when you've got somebody of the opposite party who's a nut or who's embarrassing in some enormous way, you try to make make them the face of the other party. I mean, so you make... Marjorie Taylor Greene, the face of the Republican Party. There's, there's just no doubt about that. Um, on the other hand, like I said, there have been nuts in, you know, in Congress before. There was, a, there was a representative from Georgia named Cynthia McKinney who served from 1993 to 2003. She later actually also became a 9-11 truther, I think. And, um, I mean, just, just regularly said the craziest stuff. And the, her district in Georgia re-elected her, you know, elected her and re-elected her four times. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I believe it's sort of like I've been listening to the Ron Chernow biography of Grant and politics is not war, but politics can learn a lot from war. And if the terrain you are on does not favor you, 
uh, you adapt to the terrain. The terrain we are on is a media that will always play our nuttery and never play theirs. Well, that that is true. That is true. And look, I think that I think he's going to. I think Kevin McCarthy is going to do something about her. I mean, I I, I do. Um, and I, I don't think the Republican Party has any uh, anything to fear in denouncing QAnon and you know sort of snuffing out any sort of QAnon talk among its uh, representatives. I, I just don't think they have anything. I agree. To for that. I agree. Let me and move on, Byron, because I want to get your, your input on the California recall. Uh, Kevin Falconer opened a committee. I think Rick Grinnell's going to get in. Uh, unfortunately, John Cox is going to get in. He ran. He can't win. But it looks like it's happening. How much should the Republicans put into that effort? Well, first of all, I'm going to defer to you because you know so much more about this. Um, but uh, it would be an enormous uh, achievement uh, to do that in a one-party democratic state like California. Um, and it would send a message about responsibly handle, handling the coronavirus. Um, so I, I think that it's something that Republicans probably should put a lot in. The question is, you just mentioned several candidates, um, can they be united behind any single candidate, and then what happens? You know what happens after that in a single-party state. I've offered to, to host debates with the mayor Falconer and Rick Grinnell and, and any other Republican, every every candidate actually. But I think McConnell and McCarthy ought to get them all in a room and flip a coin or something because they can only. Uh, uh, Gavin is an up-down vote. It's a split ballot. First, you vote on whether or not to recall the governor, and if recalled, it's first past the post wins. Uh, and so one Democrat will get in, or yeah. 25, and it'll be a replay of Arnold. They need to have one candidate. Either of those guys could win uh, on different platforms. Rick wins on a uh, chin forward, I don't care what the unions say. Kevin Falconer wins on the liberal Republican ticket. Uh, either one of them win, but both of them can't. That's the problem. Well, uh, also, I think, you know, on, on Grinnell, I mean, <laughs> Grinnell has been an extremely... Um, effective communicator for Republicans. Um, on the other hand, he's not somebody you associate with sort of hands-on governing of a state. So um, while while he has a big platform and is a very, very effective communicator, and he did serve as U.S. ambassador to Germany. so it's And the DNI, first gay well, member of the cabinet. And he was a, a sitting uh, or acting DNI. So, My last um, question for you is, is a big question. I have been following closely a case in Los Angeles where a federal district court is threatening. It appears like he's going to take over all of the homeless money and all of the homeless bureaucracy and take it away from Garcetti and the Board of Supervisors because the homeless thing is out of control on the West Coast. Do you think tackling this issue and applauding this judge is good for the Republicans? Because homelessness destroys property rights as well as lives. I think it's actually an issue that the Republicans ought to be all over. It has to be. It has to be. And, and I'm someone, several years ago on a trip to Los Angeles, uh, basically kind of toured, um, created my own tour of, of some areas, some sort of tent cities and that are down, they're in downtown Los Angeles. Skid Row, and yeah. It was shocking. I mean, it was absolutely shocking. And these are people who need help. I mean, you don't choose to live that way. They're drunk. They're on drugs. They're mentally ill. They 
they have problems that make it uh, impossible for them to improve their own situation. Um, most of them would benefit benefit by the government uh, uh, institutionalizing them for some period of time. I mean, and this became extremely unpopular in recent decades, leading to our homeless situation. But this is a compassionate point of view. I mean, when you look at, at how people live, these degraded conditions, they wouldn't do that if they were fully competent. And, and there, are, there are consequences to, uh, not only are they close to dying in many, 1,381 homeless died, according to this judge's order, uh, last year. Uh, and he went downtown to where you went on Thursday night or Friday night last and saw the craziest damn stuff. And so he issued this order, and he says, show up on Thursday at Skid Row. He's making the mayor come. He's making everyone come. And he's threatening to take it all over, which, of course, normally conservatives don't like courts taking over things. But I think this might be one of those cases where conservatives say, you go, judge. The city government, the the county government, the state government has failed. And, you know, these faith-based groups over here know how to do things. But I don't know that I've ever heard a Republican stand up and say homelessness is our issue because they can't get it fixed. Yeah, and they haven't failed because they were incompetent. Uh, they've, they've failed because they specifically signed on to an idea of, of, not, of not enforcing some basic human standards and of allowing people to live in the streets and of your, you know, it certainly does destroy property values. It, it certainly hurts uh, businesses, that, and, it, and, it, and it hurts sort of everybody else. But these are also people who are hurting themselves. And yep. there has to be some sanity involved here because it is, I mean, really, if, if people have not actually seen it up close, um, these, these, are, these, are, these are not really super old people. There are people who, who should be in the prime of life, but they are suffering from some ailment. As I said, they're either drunk, they're on drugs, they're mentally ill. So there's some enormous problem that keeps them from taking I'll, care I'll tell of you, Byron, if you scroll down my Twitter feed, you will find a link to the order of this judge uh, in Alliance for Human Rights versus City of L.A. and his hearing on Thursday. Uh, I think the examiner ought to send a reporter to it. But I, I think it's an interesting moment for conservatives to actually go Edmund Burke here. And I've been trying to get everybody to focus on it because it it is a moment for the conservatives to actually choose uh, compassionate conservatism of the old school sort. Byron York on Twitter. He's here every week. Thank you, Byron. Don't go anywhere, America.